0: Do you have food pushers in your life? With the holidays coming up, you might be dealing with even more food pushers than normal. Those boundary bullies who you're worried are going to be sabotaging your weight loss efforts. Well, in today's episode, I'm going to help you distinguish between food pushers and food offerers And help you deal with them without giving in or hurting anyone's feelings, where you're going to be handling them with grace. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang, and this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health and feel empowered to live the life you want. You're in the right place. Episode number 199. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited. This is actually the first video that I am shooting officially for my YouTube channel. And so with Thanksgiving coming up, today's episode is going to be focused on food pushers. So this episode and the next one I'm going to be talking about the food police and then I'm actually going to be offering a live training on how to stop stress eating. So this is all sort of as the as we ramp up into the holidays to really help you be able to enjoy them. Because after all, this is the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. And that's me. So let's get started, shall we? Today, I'm gonna be talking about food pushers. So who are these lovely people? (laughs) Well, the person that comes to mind for me is my grandmother. So when I was growing up, My grandmother, especially during the holidays, it wasn't at dinner time per se. It was usually when we were having company or there was a special occasion. My grandmother would actually take food and put it on my plate, even when I said, no, I didn't want it. And I remember when I was in college and I came home, she did that a lot. So my grandmother was a great cook. And well, I think food, you could, it's fair to say that food was her love language. Okay, so when I think about that experience, a couple of things come up for me. First, there's the whole rule that I had growing up where if the food was on my plate, I had to eat it. Later on, I kind of figured out that if I put the food on my plate, then I had to eat it. And so this was all about not wasting food. Okay. But as I became like a full grown adult (laughs) into like my 20s and 30s, I actually adjusted the rule more, which was if the food is on my plate and I wasn't hungry anymore, I didn't have to eat it. (laughs) Okay. So this is when I talk about the fundamental five habits self care habits. One of them is to eat until you're comfortably full. And so when I say comfortably full, I'm talking about like on a scale of minus 10 to plus 10, where zero would be where you're neutral. We are looking for a plus four. So plus two would be like when you're satisfied, when you're not, right? When you're not really hungry anymore, but you're not really full. So I want you to get to the point where you're either satisfied or you're comfortably full. We don't want to get to the point where we're uncomfortably full though, when you're feeling stuffed, which as we head into Thanksgiving, this is one of those topics that again, you know, one meal where you're overstuffed isn't going to cause you to gain weight over time, right? Those those special occasions, I think I think, honestly, I'm all for if you're getting food that you normally don't get to eat and you want to have a little bit more, go for it, okay? We're talking more about habits, the things that you do day in, day out, automatically, without thinking. So when I talk about the food pushers over the holidays, who am I referring to? I'm not talking about the food offerers. So I'm going to make a distinction here between food pushers and food offerers. Okay, so food pushers, actually, let me start with the food offers. The food offers are the folks who, like, if you're at work and with the holidays, um, you may be getting packages from people, right? People are bringing in cookies, or maybe you're getting those big, Costco popcorn canisters, right? And so, or candy where they're leaving it out, okay? And they might actually say, like if you come up to a reception desk, they might say, oh, go ahead and have some. They're offering. They are not pushing, okay? Because you can always just say, oh, no, thank you and walk by. No guilt, no anything, okay? Any conversation you're having there where you feel like, it's being imposed upon you, I would say it's time to sort of pause and think about what are you making it mean. So are you on a diet? And maybe you think that person is sabotaging your efforts. Like, you know, I'm on a diet. Why are you putting this in front of me? Okay. So if that's sort of the thought process, then I would say, be careful. Like we want to do that inner work. Make sure we're mindful of what we're thinking and it's not about what someone else did. Okay. So the food offers might be like if you walk into the break room and someone's having pizza and they offer you a slice. You can say, no, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm not hungry. Or I brought my food. So, or I'm going out to eat with some other folks, whatever it is. I'm not hungry. Whoa. You, there's no pressure there. This is more about someone being polite. Where if they didn't offer the food to you, maybe they were they grew up um, where it would be rude not to offer the food. Okay, but just like when you're dealing with salespeople, (laughs) if you go buy a car, even a an aggressive pushy salesperson can't force you to buy a car. You can always say no. Now, let's talk about, so those are the food offers. Then there are the food pushers. These are the folks that say things like, and actually I wrote a whole bunch of them down, so let me read them off to you. These are the food people who say things like, you're so skinny, <laughs> take more if you don't eat enough. Have you had relatives that say that to you, right? You're so skinny, you don't eat enough. Eat more. We got to put some skin on those bones, some muscle, whatever, okay? Or you got folks who say things like, but I made these treats especially for you. Or how about, it's a holiday. You can let loose for one day, can't you? And this one, you know, if you're having that conversation yourself that says, it's Thanksgiving, I normally don't get to eat this food. I see this relative once a year or something like that. And I really like this pie that they make or whatever the dessert is or whatever the entree is. I would I would go for it. Because why not, right? Life is short. But if it's someone pressuring you like you're choosing to eat something, and they're like, "You can let loose for a day, right?" That's a that's a different thing, okay. Or what if you're a vegetarian and they're not? What if they say say something like, "Vegetarians are just slow carnivores," okay? Or eat some cake. You're making me feel guilty for eating it if you're not having so. or. If you're choosing to have, let's say, a salad, why bother with rabbit food? Life is for having fun. Stop being such a health nut. Okay, these are people that I would put into the category of the food pusher. And another way to think about it is these are boundary bullies. These are folks who aren't honoring, who aren't respecting your boundary. So what I want to do today is talk about how to handle food pushers with grace, because after all, we're coming up into Thanksgiving, so with grace and gratitude, as opposed to getting angry or upset. And ultimately, I think a lot of times the reason that that happens is because we're not not able to speak up for ourselves, to speak up assertively. Right. But it doesn't have to be where you get really angry or upset or have to swallow it. What I'm going to try to do today is show you some ways to have the conversation to be able to speak up without having to go there. So when I talk about boundaries, here would be some signs that boundaries are something that we need to work on, like setting healthy boundaries is something that you need to work on. And I want to be really clear, okay, I'm coming from a place of non-judgment here. If you struggle with setting boundaries, there's a really good chance that you were never taught how to do it. So first, what are boundaries? Boundaries are your wants and needs and preferences, right? These are your desires. These are the non-negotiables and the deal breakers for you. So part of boundary setting is really actually knowing who you are and what you want. So we want to become more aware, get really clear on what that is, what you like, what you don't like, all of those things, okay? And Brene Brown actually says it really simply. She says setting boundaries is about letting someone know what's okay and what's not okay for you. So if you have difficulty, if you have trouble drawing boundaries with the people who raised you, like my parents or my grandmother, right, if you feel feel guilty for setting limits with people. You say yes when you really want to say no, right? Or what I said earlier, where you actually wait too long to speak up for yourself. And so then when you actually do, it's like you're blowing a gasket, right? It's the volcano erupting. That is not how we want to set boundaries. We want to have those conversations. We want to speak up for ourselves calmly and directly. So healthy boundaries are actually flexible, right? They can adapt to situations and they adjust for different people. So my mom right now, for those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a while, my mom has Alzheimer's. She's 85 years old. My boundaries with her are going to be very different from my dad, who's 84, but doesn't have Alzheimer's, right? So healthy boundaries are flexible. Rigid boundaries, rigid boundaries would be like, remember the, the TV show Seinfeld, where you had that guy who sold soup? <laughs> okay, he had very rigid boundaries. There were rules that could not be broken. I would say flexibility is about having rules or guidelines, but knowing that there are always exceptions to the rules. And then unhealthy boundaries would also, in addition to the rigid, would be the ones that seem like they don't even exist. They're very porous. And if that's you, oftentimes you can wind up feeling unappreciated, right? where you're in that people-pleasing mode, where you were taught it's about being nice, it's about compromising, where you're always feeling like the one yielding, okay? We don't want that either. So we, again, want to be able to help people understand where where do you end and where do I begin? That's what we're going for. So When you think about those food pushers, right now, we have the luxury of time. So what I'd like you to do right now is think about, you can anticipate from past experience, right? think about situations that you have found irritating or annoying in the past what was said or what was done. Okay, so I want you to think back to those situations. Chances are you can actually think of who it is that's saying those things or doing those things as well. Like when I talked about my grandmother, right? She put the food on my, on my plate. All right, so how have you handled those situations in the past? Like, how did you feel? So when you got frustrated, did you just swallow it? Did you use humor, right? I, I think about um Matthew Perry, who just recently passed away and how he used sarcasm a lot to deal with uncomfortable situations. Is that something you do as well, right or do you get kind of passive aggressive? So those are all indirect ways of dealing with the situation. And what we want to do is we want to focus on, communicating directly, but we want to do that with tact. So what you want to make sure you do here when it comes to these conversations that we want to be having, when you want, when you speak up, you really want to be able to get to the point where you're doing it as timely as possible. So I think about like with my puppy, when she does something we don't want her to do, we don't, we need to catch it right away. We need to correct it as soon as it happens and then redirect and reinforce. This is the behavior that we want. So I would say when it comes to boundaries, the closer to the time that it happens that you can have a conversation, the better. But if you catch yourself getting really heated, I would say, you, you know, people aren't like dogs, right? We don't, we don't have to have a... The timing be so close. If you're dealing with little kids, you want the timing to be closer, right? But when we're talking about dealing with adults, it can wait a little bit until we're able to really say what we want to say in a calm manner. And so here, I want you to think in terms of it's not you against me, but rather us against the problem. And the problem here, Really is about getting clear on what's okay and what's not okay. It's getting clear on what is that boundary. It's getting clear on how do I want to be treated? How do I want you to treat me? Right. So, all of this, I want to go back to when we talk about food pushers, we are actually talking about people who we perceive as not respecting our boundaries. So to speak up, it's really important that you use I statements. I want you to take ownership, okay? And ultimately, what you're going to be doing is making a request. So there's a format that I'm going to recommend that you use. It's from the book Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg, okay? And there's four steps to it. And this is very, very similar to the learning cycle. So, if you aren't familiar with the learning cycle and you're joining this podcast or listening to this podcast for the first time or watching it, you're going to want to go to episode one, the one about TLC. And this is, you can find it on Apple podcasts or Spotify podcasts. Okay. So, the learning cycle. Starts with the situation. We talk about thoughts and beliefs. We talk about interpretations, emotions, your choices, the response, and then the the results, the outcomes. I'm focusing on those first few steps here. Okay. So Marshall Rosenberg, his four steps are observation, feeling, your need or want, and then a request. So for example, with a person who said, eat some cake or eat some pie, you're making me feel guilty for eating it, right? The observation would be, and again, we want to use an I statement. When I hear you say that. So whatever it is, it's an observation and then fill in the blank. When I hear you say, you're so skinny, take more. You don't eat enough. When I hear you say, but I made these treats especially for you. Okay. So again, you're also double checking that you heard correctly or you saw correctly. So it gives the other person an opportunity to correct what you're saying. Okay, to correct what your experience might have been. So when I, when I hear you say that, I feel really uncomfortable because here's your need. I want to be able to eat or not eat without feeling pressured. So observation, feeling, the need or want. So the feeling was I feel uncomfortable. I'm feeling pressured. The need is I want to be able to eat or not eat without feeling pressured. And then the request. So I'd like to make a simple request. If you want to eat the cake, go right on ahead. But please don't try to pressure me into joining you. And really, there's no need for you to feel guilty for eating it. Right? So again, We're doing observation, feeling, the need or want, and then the request. So for Thanksgiving, there's a really good chance that, especially if you have teenagers at the table, their phone is going to be attached to their hand. And if phones at the table bother you, you could try something that There's a restaurant, I believe in New York, I can't remember the name of it, but they actually have like a basket on the table. And basically everyone put their phones in the basket during the dinner. So if not having phones, not having people looking at their phones is important to you, you could say something like, I've noticed when we get together, Our phones are constantly pulling our attention away from the actual conversation. So for Thanksgiving, I would really love to be present with you. And I'd love for you to be present with me as well. So when we're together, can we agree to put our phones away for the duration of this meal? Right? Okay. So. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about how to deal with the food police during the holidays. These are the people who have decided to make what you're eating their business. So another quick reminder, I'm going to be offering a free workshop, live workshop called How to Stop Stress Eating on November 18th at 11 a.m. And to sign up for the workshop, all you need to do is go to moxie-club.com slash stop stressing. All right. And I'm going to wrap things up today with a quote by Maya Angelou. You teach people how to treat you. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember... Making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.